You're listening to the Autism in Action podcast, the place for families all across America to connect with autism resources, services, and support. I'm your host, Tasha Rollins, licensed professional counselor associate, private practice owner, boy mom, autism advocate, published author, and autism parenting coach. I help families learn to advocate and navigate through the world of autism. Each week, you'll have a chance to listen in to other autism experts and learn about additional resources. Let's embrace the idea there's more to autism than we know, and there's always, always hope. With the internet at our fingertips, there's no excuse for families not to receive the services they need. This podcast will help bridge the gap of missing information and services for autism all across America. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Autism in Action podcast. Today we have another very special guest. We've got Dr. Lori Gillespie of Restorative Psychological LLC in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lori. Oh, thank you for having me, Tasha. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I can't wait to learn all about the psychological testing that you offer and the services that you are offering in our community. Well, thank you. It has been a joy working with the, uh, with the community here and um, learning all the different pieces of the treatment. So uh, with the psych testing just being one. Yes. Well, I'm just going to let you share what it is that you do. And um, we'll just kind of run down, you know, the services that you offer. Okay. Well, usually a parent will call me up. But I do not require a referral. Uh, many Evaluators who work at hospitals do require a referral from a pediatrician, but uh, private practice psychologists do not. Um, so parents can call me directly and uh, start inquiring about services. And then we set up a psychological testing with a focus on autism uh, for their kiddo, depending on what age their child is, the battery will look different. Uh, for your nonverbal two to four year old versus a verbal preschooler or an elementary school student. So, um, but the autism battery will follow your state guidelines if you are going through insurance on what tests need to be run. Um, so there's a minimal level of required tests on hitting different areas. So an autism evaluation should have a cognitive battery um, or an IQ test is what they're called. Um, it will also include social and emotional developmental and behavioral and language testing, so some pragmatics testing. Um, and then that will include source information from parents, often teachers, um, if there's a therapist involved. It will also include a review of documentation from speech therapists, IEs, OTs, PTs, whoever um, your kiddo has been receiving services from. So the psychologist is meant to pull big picture together and uh, tie it up for a parent with the last and most important measure being the ADOS, which is the Autism Diagnostic Observation Schedule, which is required pretty much almost, can't say all together, but probably by all states. So that is a standardized measure where, where psychologists are trained to prompt ch children to see if they have some very essential skills to diagnose um, autism. 
hopefully that summarizes it. <laughs> that is a lot of information. So this really does everything that you do ties a whole lot of different areas of information together and paints a really big picture for the families and the parents to go forward with with your report to and what does this allow them to do going forward? Well, yes, a report will allow if a parent has insurance um, that the insurance company requires the report um, in order to access covered services such as ABA, um, speech therapy, OT. Um, so some services that if they did not have the autism diagnosis, they could not access through covered benefits without that. Um, a good report will also help train a, a parent for resources and what they can do to train themselves for working with their own kiddos. Um, as well as any adjunctive services such as functional medicine or neuro, neurofeedback or any other type of service that could profit, um, benefit your child. How can a family prepare for one of these assessments? What do they need to do to get ready? To get ready, I highly recommend always the parents put together all prior services. So if a little kiddo was getting some uh, early intervention services, keep all the reports that you are getting. Um, any speech, sometimes kids are getting speech uh, before the age of two even. So collecting all your records, putting them all in a nice organized binder <laughs> by type of service so that you can take that into your psychologist who can review that. Um, apart from that, just be very aware of your child. Observe your child, spend some, spend at least two weeks maybe um, watching much more diligently how your child interacts with their peers or with you or with strangers just to watch so i just always encourage an increased period of awareness right prior to the assessment because your psychologist will be asking you as a parent what you're seeing so now i know in these particular times in office sessions for a lot of professionals including me um you know seeing clients has been very limited during the COVID 19 crisis now you are doing something very different that i don't think many people in this field have offered what is it that you're offering for clients and for, for um, families that's right um it's a, a very new field with everyone being uh well not everyone but a lot of people work working from home and a lot of healthcare providers being requested and encouraged strongly to provide telehealth or uh, virtual platform services to their clients. So um, I did get my telehealth license to work within South Carolina. And um, that was early on when the COVID pandemic uh, surfaced. And uh, our insurance companies here in South Carolina were very proactive encouraging their paneled providers to go into telehealth. So they were very um, seeking out their providers to do that. So, uh, and then over the course of the unfolding of the pandemic, a number of states have waived um, behavioral health practitioners license to practice across state borders. Um, and so there is a list online of states that have provided a waiver during this time uh, and allowing as long as your practitioners hold a license in a state and are in good standing in their state, that they are allowing telehealth across borders. So it's a little bit uh, very new in the field, but it's being uh, very, it is very receptive. There are a number of uh, big testing companies who are definitely monitoring it closely. And um, there will be in the next few months, some big changes with uh, licensure requirements when the uh, pandemic is coming to an end that uh, 
there will be a new normal, I do believe. Yes, <laughs> and, I, I think that things are definitely going to change in our field for mm -hmm. sure. Um, one other thing, in regards to the virtual testings and on-site testing, what kind of insurance or what kind of um, payment methods do you accept for clients? Okay, so um, I am in network with Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, and uh, with payment methods, you know, that there's uh, pre-authorization for many plans and uh, clients are always given quotes from me in terms of what an insurance has authorized me to provide. Uh, and they pay through uh, various different credit cards or checks or cash. So <laughs> it's, it's pretty standard. standard. Yeah, it's the exact same as going into your office uh, to see your doctor. It's, it's the exact same thing <laughs> done, done either virtually or through the mail. Right. And when um, someone does get a diagnosis for the very first time, what does that open the door to? That will uh, open the door to um, being guided into services into funding sources and into services and uh, hopefully your psychologist will work as a, uh, a consultant over time to be there for you um, to roll out is or unfold the treatment plan uh, so it does provide parents with a wonderful education as to what's going on and hopefully have their provider be able to walk them through that well, I just want to say thank you again so much for taking the time to share this information with everyone, with all of our listeners. Is there anything else that you would like to mention to everyone listening today? Um, no, I would just uh, encourage parents to go the distance to get their diagnosis uh, expediently so that they can get the treatment that their child needs. So if you have to drive four hours, I'd say drive four hours. If you can tap virtual assessments or virtual testing, then tap that um, right now while the door's open. <laughs> and where can our listeners find you online to get all of your information on how to contact you and where to go and set up an appointment? Okay. Well, I have two places. I do have a bio on the Psychology Today website, and it's under Dr. Lori Dixon Gillespie, uh, and it's uh, under the South Carolina Simpsonville zip code, um, but I also have a website called virtualpsychologicalevaluations.com. And so clients can certainly um, fill out my fillable form there and contact me. Well, thank you again so much for being here today, Dr. Gillespie. It has been an absolute joy. And um, I look forward to talking to, you, talking to you again soon. All right, you too. Take care. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Autism in Action podcast. For show notes, more information, and downloads, head on over to TashaRollins.com and join the Autism in Action Facebook group to stay connected. Please leave a review on iTunes and help spread awareness on social by sharing this episode.